What is the Chinese Communist Party and its leadership hoping to achieve? Well, the ultimate goal of the Chinese Communist Party is to dominate the world. Hey, my friends. China's back in the news, or at least it should be. Do you know that Timu app that has been downloaded well over 50 million times and it's just everywhere? Every time you go on social media, it's being advertised. Looks like great deals. Well, there's an expert we have on China who was really providentially blessed. He was the guy who discovered the one-child policy. He was the guy who is able to read like five Chinese languages. Is a real gift from God to the pro-life movement first, where it all started, but then later to unpacking what China is and the damage they are to the world. He's just coming out with a new book on uh, President Mao the, uh, of China, and uh, it's really someone we need to pay attention to. Stay tuned to hear Stephen Mosher on this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Steve Mosher, so good to be with you. Good to be with you, John Henry. Let's begin as we always do, the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Steve, uh, thank you for joining us for one. I know your schedule is very busy. Um, you've just uh, finished a new book. We want to hear about that uh, as well. What's the name of it come upcoming so we know anyway to look out for it? Well, it's, it's uh, going to be called The Devil and Chairman Mao and Chinese Communism. It's really a follow-on to Paul Kanger's uh, groundbreaking book, The Devil and Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that the reason that the publisher Tan Books chose Mao Zedong for the second uh, volume in the series to focus on him and Chinese communism is because after Karl Marx himself, uh, uh, Mao Zedong is one of the most evil individuals who ever existed in human history. Uh, he was actually, uh, as a boy, he was uh, uh, consecrated to a stone god, a pagan god, not far from his village. And uh, throughout his life, every time he faced a decision, he would always choose uh, the evil path. Um, of course, the, inside the book, I balance the evil of Chairman Mao with the good that, that Jesus Christ uh, calls us to do and make frequent references to the Bible and the catechism and so forth, because you can't spend too much time in the mind of an evil genius without recoiling in horror and seeking the good. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, there is something going on that you've warned about. Uh, you've warned about on Fox News. Uh, we covered it at LifeSite News as well. It is an app that's uh, very popular. It's about shopping. It looks like super great deals. Um, and in this day of Amazon, where everybody is eager to find the best deal and uh, loves things that they can get shipped to their places, there's a new app that's coming on by like a storm called Timu. And yet you're warning about it. What is Timu? Well, Timu uh, purports to be a, an app that allows you to buy cheap goods directly from factories in China. And of course, the, the bargains are uh, in, incredibly uh, cheap, supposedly. You know, you can get five pairs of socks for $1.69. You can get a gold, gold in quotes, necklace for a dollar. And uh, after a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, you, you will, in many cases, get a, get a package from China containing 
uh, these cheap goods. But what people need to, to realize is that like all apps uh, that are made in China, uh, you're getting more than you bargained for because the Timu app actually, uh, Timu belongs to a company called Pinduoduo, which is the, um, the Amazon of China. And they've been fairly successful in China at selling these cheap goods directly from the factory. But what has been discovered by cyber experts is that the app itself contains malware and it downloads everything on your phone. It basically ransacks your phone. And you might say, well, of course, don't all, don't all companies try to get data from you on your searches so they can pop up ads? Well, huh, this is a lot more than that. This downloads your contacts. It downloads your photos. It downloads not just all your searches. It downloads your financial information. Basically, uh, almost everything on your phone is taken by the app. And uh, the, the, uh, the worst part of it is the app cannot be easily uninstalled. Once it's on your phone, once this little parasite is on your phone, it stays on your phone, uh, despite your best efforts to uninstall it. Now, what happens to the data when it gets back in China? It doesn't remain in the on the servers of a supposedly private company. Why? Because there are no private companies in China. Everything, every company in China is run by, controlled, or influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. So when you're doing business with Timu, you're basically in business with the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, all companies in China, like Alibaba and, and Pinduoduo team, have to transfer their data to the servers run by the Chinese Communist Party. There's a law, actually, that says, it passed in 2017, the intelligence law, that says all information that's vital to national security must be handed over uh, to the Chinese Communist Party's intelligence agencies. Well, companies in China understand what that means. It means that you have to turn over all your data to the state in real time. So your data is not just going to a private company, it's going to the Chinese Communist Party, which is collecting massive amounts of data on people all around the world, and they do not have uh, good intentions. Now, when you buy these goods, you have to understand if you're buying anything, let's let's say out of cotton, right? The socks, cotton socks, you're buying goods that are uh, made by slave labor. The cotton comes from eastern Turkestan, what the Chinese Communist Party calls Xinjiang, the new border. And it uses, they use slave labor in China. I use that term deliberately because it's the Uyghur minorities which is out in the cotton fields picking cotton with their hands uh, and processing the cotton and working in the cotton mills and then working to produce these cheap uh, these cheap socks that people think they're getting for almost nothing. Um, so you don't want to participate in slave labor. Uh, the factories in China, I mean, uh, there are fa garment factories in China where the young women who are working there make four cents a garment. That's four pennies a garment. Uh, their quota is 500 garments a day. Uh, they're working 12 and 13 hour shifts day after day after day. Uh, the parent company of Timu, Pinduoduo, has been accused of working uh, its workers uh, 340 hours a month. How do you work 340 hours a month, John Henry? You're working 13 hour days, day after day, with no days off. There have been reports of people 
in China falling dead on the assembly lines. They've basically been worked to death. They die uh, on the job. Uh, so you don't want to contribute to that either. So, you know, the goods may be cheap, uh, but they're not free. You're selling your data to China and you're buying goods made with uh, slave labor, or at least serf labor. These workers aren't free to strike. They aren't free to engage in slowdowns. They aren't free to, to strike for higher wages or demand better working conditions. If they do those things, the police are called out because the police are not on the side of the workers. Remember, the factories run by the Chinese Communist Party directly or indirectly. The police are on the side of the Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese state. And so they put down using thuggish methods uh, any sort of labor unrest in China. You don't want to contribute to that. And the final thing is the factories are dirty, filthy, polluted. Uh, you know, anybody who's worried about the environment, uh, you know, you're you're uh, you're buying things that are made in in factories in China that are that are not just unsafe for the workers, but they're unsafe for for, for the planet as well. Uh, so there are many, many reasons why I avoid buying any goods made in China. And uh, I am not going to be downloading a Timo or any other app made in China anytime soon. In my view, all of these Communist Party apps ought to be banned in the United States. Uh, things like Timu, things like TikTok. Uh, TikTok, of course, which is busy corrupting our youth. And, and people need to know that, that TikTok in China and TikTok in the West, in Europe, in the United States, are two different social media apps. Yeah, they use some of the same software, but the content is totally different. Did you know that in China, uh, the kids are not allowed to be on TikTok more than a couple hours a week? A week. Uh, kids in China are not allowed to see transgender nonsense, uh, gender-bending nonsense, pornography, uh, all of these TikTok challenges where kids... Uh, do these ridiculous challenges and wind up dying in the process. All of that is banned in China. Uh, Xi Jinping, China's dictator, said openly he didn't want uh, girly men on the on the social media sites in China, and they're banned. Well, all of that stuff is not just allowed here, it's encouraged here, and a lot of it comes from China in what I believe is a kind of uh, psyop, psychological operation, uh, warfare to destroy the moral fiber uh, of our families, to confuse young kids about their gender, uh, to encourage them in the direction of using drugs and, and pornography and other things that over the course of time uh, wind up ruining the lives of millions of young people here. I think all that is quite deliberate, John Henry. You know that here on LifeSite, we love to tell amazing stories. There are a few so heroic and amazing as the story we're about to tell you that's coming soon. You got to watch this. When I was in seminary, I was reading a book by Henry Nouwen. He talked about a nuclear man, you know, and people who grew up in the 1980s were kind of formed by that immediate and constant threat of nuclear annihilation. My generation has grown up, you know, under the specter of priestly sexual abuse. What say you, Mr. Four person? Is the defendant guilty or not guilty? I think that for many of us, that has also been all-encompassing. You know, I mean, I entered the seminary in January of 2004, 
and it's basically been there for me from in the beginning. One priest's sacrifice for many priestly sins. The story of Father John Hollowell. Coming soon from LifeSite News. So what is the end game here for China? I mean, why are they collecting this data in the first place? What are they going to do with it? Well, you know, it, it, it was often said by leftists oh, 50 years ago that a truly totalitarian state is impossible to achieve because you, can't, you don't have enough police to watch everybody all the time in real time. Well, guess what? You don't need to have human actors, human operators watching everybody all the time. Uh, you can use artificial intelligence. You can use supercomputers. You can use surveillance cameras. Uh, you can use people's smartphones, collecting all the data from them in real time. And guess what? You don't need to have a policeman uh, in front of the home of every family in the country because you can police people now uh, using modern technology. China has more surveillance cameras than any other country in the world densely placed on telephone poles and power poles throughout the cities and towns of China. Now, China has supercomputers, uh, some of the fastest in the world, huge data banks uh, containing information on all the people in the country. They have uh, artificial intelligence now that we help them develop. Remember, the cameras, the surveillance technology, uh, the the uh, the genetic uh, testing that they do on everyone in China, the uh, artificial intelligence, all of that is technology that we developed that they are now using to surveil all their people in real time. The example I like to use is someone jaywalking in the capital city of Beijing. You jaywalk in Beijing, the surveillance camera picks up your criminal action. Uh, the artificial, the face recognition technology, which we developed in the United States, is used to identify you. The artificial intelligence deducts the fine for jaywalking from your bank account without any human intervention necessary. That is totalitarianism, a uh, cyber style, which is happening in China right now. We hear about the social credit system in China, which may be coming here to the United States. Social credit means they're monitoring all of your social media posts, all of your searches, all of your communications, all of your telephone calls, all of your travel, your location in real time. And if you appear to be engaging in suspicious activity, visiting the wrong websites, saying the wrong things, communicating with the wrong people, your social credit score plummets. And if it drops too low, you can't ride on a plane, you can't leave the country, you can't ride on high-speed rail, you can't get a loan to buy a home or a car. Uh, and basically, if your social credit score drops too low, uh, they zero out your bank account. And you can't access any funds you may have. Uh, basically, putting you in 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 prison without really having to send people to lock you up. They imprison you in your own home. And I'm afraid when we talk about things like digital currency, when we see that the uh, Biden administration is working with social media companies, with Facebook and others, to monitor people in this way and to control debate on the internet. I'm afraid that there are people in the United States who see what's happening in China and who don't draw back in horror because of the violation of freedom and human liberty, 
They actually think it's a good system. The World Economic Forum people, for example, um, would, would, would be drawn to this model. And so I think the ultimate goal here uh, is we thought 40 years ago that when we opened to China, that if we simply traded with China, if we invested in China, if we showed China the way to a modern democracy that respects human rights and and uh, and human freedom, that uh, the Chinese Communist Party would gradually evolve into a a a party that was merely uh, uh, would allow perhaps respect for human rights and it would allow competing political parties, perhaps even elections. Uh, that didn't happen. Instead of China becoming more like us, we are becoming more like China uh, day by day. And uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, someone who spent the last uh, 40 years of his life following uh, the brutal one-party dictatorship that rules China with an iron hand that is responsible for 100 million deaths in China in purge after purge in occasional famines which is responsible for the killing of 400 million unborn children. Uh, the prospect of us becoming more like China is, quite frankly, terrifying. Indeed. Indeed it is. And I would presume that was some of the same thought that went into the Vatican's deal with China, try to appease them and work with them so as to kind of bring them along or at least, you know, live there peaceably or whatever. And, and in fact, of course, the same result has been obtained. Uh, we have found, we, the United States, have been drained of, of capital by the trillions of dollars. Some of it was invested by companies like BlackRock in China. Uh, some of it was stolen uh, by China in terms of the theft of intellectual property. But our trade and investment with China has been used to strengthen China and weaken us. So the Sino-Vatican Agreement, which was supposed to allow the Pope to appoint new bishops for the 40 or so empty seas in China, where the people did lead, need Catholic shepherds, uh, has not resulted in the appointment of new bishops. Just a handful of new bishops have been appointed. Uh, the last couple, of course, have been appointed by the Chinese Communist Party, which only later said to the Vatican, oh, by the way, we put in a new bishop in Shanghai. Uh, you need to approve him because he's there, whether you like it or not. Um, the Sino-Vatican agreement has been used by the Chinese Communist Party, as was planned all along, to crush the underground church in China, to force priests and bishops and laity to join the Catholic Patriotic Association, which is run by the Chinese Communist Party. And it has not served to either provide new bishops uh, for the church in China or to provide a kind of safe space for Catholics in China because the walls are still closing in. There were new regulations just announced a few days ago. And the controls on religious activity in China are getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And you can see now the end game. The end game in China is to replace all religion with faith in the Chinese Communist Party, to replace the legitimate bishops of the Catholic Church with 
uh, individuals who are beholden to and serve first and foremost uh, the Communist Party and its leaders. That is said explicitly in the new regulations that the leaders of religions in China have to serve the party, they have to serve the party's leaders, Xi Jinping and others, and they have to promote the party line. Uh, that's what the, uh, unfortunately, the, the Sino-Vatican agreement, which is now a dead letter, has produced only, only rotten fruit. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality, and everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supic, Cardinal Tobin. These picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ in his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted. But we're starting it up again. And this year, Cardinal Muller and Bishop Athanasius Schneider are going to be joining us. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality, and uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Where is China going? I mean, it's so bizarre. They're they're doing all this. They've they've they had a you know a burgeoning population. They they do have a lot to offer, but they've gone in this one direction. What, what is it for them? What are they hoping to achieve? What is the Chinese Communist Party and its leadership hoping to achieve? Well, the ultimate goal of the Chinese Communist Party is to dominate the world. Uh, they said that explicitly, and when and when uh, they tell you what they're about, you know we need to be listening. Uh, we often dismiss these sorts of things as exaggerated or propaganda. But when Xi Jinping lays out a 100-year plan, which began with the establishment in 1949 of the People's Republic of China, and when he says that by 2035, uh, China will dominate Asia, and by 2049, China will be the paramount power in the world, uh, we have to take him at his word, because they are moving uh, on all fronts to try to achieve those goals. Now, communism is a, an ideology that has killed more people 
than any idea in human history. It is, in my view, diabolically inspired, which accounts for the, the fact that communism always kills. Communism sometimes kills slowly, uh, as it did over the 36 years of the one-child policy, where every year it was killing uh, 10 million or so uh, unborn Chinese baby girls and boys. Sometimes it kills quickly, as it does in, in revolutions, as it does in purges, as it did in during the famine after the Great Leap Forward, when 50 million people died of starvation over the course of about 24 months. But it always kills. And one of the things that it has done in China, John Henry, is it has re actually now reduced the population of China. China is no longer the most populous country in the world. It has been overtaken by India. Why? Because India is, uh, to a large extent, a free market democracy. It is not without its problems, like every country. But the Indian population, people are still averaging two children or slightly more. In China, they have so destroyed the desire of the Chinese people to get married and to have children that Chinese women are now averaging, I believe, less than one child over the course of their reproductive lifetime. Young people in China, 40 years after the beginning of the one-child policy, 43 years to be exact, after the beginning of the one-child policy, uh, no longer express a desire to get married. Uh, much less a desire to have children. So the birth rate has collapsed uh, as a result of 43, you know, 70 years of, of communist misrule. And the Communist Party is now desperate to reverse this trend. But um, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to do so. The Communist Party, what does the Chinese Communist Party want? It wants power. It wants control. Uh, it wants uh, to become wealthy. Uh, the leaders of the Chinese Communist Party, people need to understand that these are not people who are selflessly serving the people of China. They never have been. Uh, Chairman Mao, from the very beginning, uh, when foreign um, uh, reporters would visit, he would be wearing uh, patched clothes and he would be pretending to live in a little house, not all that different from the, the little homes that the ordinary peasants live in. But he always had, from the beginning, the best homes in the territory he controlled. He always had servants. He had grooms for his horse. He had chefs to cook special meals for him. He had a doctor who served his medical needs and no one else's. He always uh, lived like an emperor. And the leaders of China today live like the emperors of China of old. The premier of China uh, from 2002 to 2012 was a gentleman named Wen Jiabao. Premier Wen on a salary of $5,000 a month, left office with a fortune of $2.7 billion that he collected in bribes from people wanting to be promoted to provincial party secretary, wanted to get an extra generals who wanted to get an extra star to go from lieutenant, you know, major general, lieutenant general up to full general. Um, it is a system of, of corrupt uh, control of the population um, the Chinese Communist Party, 94 million members strong, uh, consumes about one-third of all the wealth of China each year. Uh, they consume it in their junkets, their foreign trips. They consume it in their resorts. They have special resorts. They have limousines. They have their 
their palatial residences, they have staffs, they have bodyguards. They consume a lot of the wealth of China that is produced by ordinary people is consumed by the top tier of the Chinese Communist Party. So if you want to talk about uh, uh, hypocrisy, these are people who talk all day long about equity, about um, leveling the population so that everyone is equal, and yet they live better than aristocrats did in uh, live in the Middle Ages in uh, in Europe. Wow, they their goals seem to be now spreading. You you mentioned that they want world domination. What does that even look like? What does that mean? How, how do the Chinese expect to to achieve such a thing? Well, they're building up the uh, an economy that they hope will become the dominant economy in the world. They want to become the factory floor of the world. They want everything to be made in China. And, and over the last few decades, they've made great strides in that regard. Um, they do have um, a, a large industrial base. They produce more steel uh, than the rest of the world combined right now because the Chinese Communist Party has focused on steel. They want to dominate artificial intelligence. They want to dominate um, genetic engineering. They want to dominate um, uh, cyber in the same way that they dominate the production of steel. Um, they want the rest of the world to play uh, a secondary role to China. They want the rest of the world to be consumers of the products made in China. That's what Temu is all about. They want the rest of the world to be suppliers of raw materials uh, for China's factories. And they want the rest of the world to be helping to feed China's workforce. So that's the world of the future, where the manufacturing base of the world, at least in the view of the Chinese Communist Party, the world of the future would be one in which the manufacturing base of the world would be in China, and the rest of the world would be in a kind of semi-colonial uh, status. But I think the goals go beyond that, because if you read uh, the Chinese strategic literature, uh, they would like to see uh, the rest of the world depopulated. Uh, they would like to see um, the populations of Europe and North America reduced, perhaps by using um, uh, various bioweapons, and then replaced with immigrants from China. Um, that is uh, seems like a wild thought, and yet when you read um, a book by the former head of the National Defense University of China, um, who wrote a book called The New High Ground, he talked about the development of bioweapons that would target specific ethnicities, that would target uh, China's historic enemies, perhaps the Japanese, or that would target Africans, or that would target Caucasians, broadly defined. So we know that the China bio, Chinese bioweapons research is focusing on these kinds of weapons. Uh, whether or not they'll be able to develop them in the future is still an open question. But the fact that there are secret biolabs in the United States run by organizations that, again, there are no private companies in China. Remember, there are companies controlled by the Chinese Communist Party directly or indirectly. 
we found a biolab just a few weeks ago in Reedley, California, not very far from the town where I grew up in the Central Valley of California, which had up to a thousand uh, humanized mice uh, capable of carrying a coronavirus or perhaps another virus um, and, and spreading it throughout the population. Uh, that's a very worrying thing for me. And one thing I, I do am concerned about, John Henry, is we've known uh, about secret Chinese police stations in the United States now for a number of years. We recently shut down uh, a secret Chinese police station run by the Chinese Communist Party inside the borders of the United States in violation of our sovereignty in New York City. But we know of, I know of, a half a dozen other police stations that are being run in China, by China in the United States that have not yet been shut down. Where is the FBI? Where are the counterintelligence groups, um, the counterespionage groups that were set up over 25 years ago to target these kinds of Chinese operations in the United States? I know they used to exist because I worked with them in 2000 and 2001. I was going around to the FBI headquarters, to the headquarters of the FBI in New York City, and scheduled to go to other places, other major FBI offices in the United States to talk about these Chinese spying efforts and to help stand up these counter espionage units in the FBI offices around the country. I don't know what they're doing these days. Are they all targeting uh, people who demonstrated outside the Capitol on January 6th? Are they all going to Catholic masses to see who's uh, who, who's an aficionado uh, of the traditional Latin mass? Are they all attending uh, school board meetings to see who's speaking out against the effort to indoctrinate our children in gen new gender identities? I, I don't know what they're doing because these secret police stations are still in existence. We only discovered the secret biolab by accident uh, because the Reedley uh, local health officer was concerned about uh, the use of a supposedly empty warehouse. Uh, we need to be uh, aware that there are efforts by the Chinese Communist Party across all domains, the biological domain, uh, cyberspace, across our porous southern border, to put in place agents and operations that are intended to weaken us over time. Um, that's what's happening. So I think the 2049 plan that Xi Jinping works about, uh, talks about, that they have been working on now for decades is clearly being pursued, being actively pursued by China against its principal enemy in the world, which it regards as the United States. Now, the good news is that according to the latest Gallup poll, about 85% of Americans now see China as a threat. Hmm. About, you know, uh, about 12% are asleep and 3% don't know. But so the American people are awake. The problem is the deep state. The problem is Wall Street has been in business with the Chinese Communist Party for decades and has profited mightily, even as Main Street has been destroyed. The K Street lobbyists who work for Wall Street are still lobbying for China, lobbying against getting tough on China. The politicians 
um, the leading politician in the United States uh, has taken tens of millions of dollars from around the world, some of which comes from, a lot of which comes from China. So a lot of our politicians have been bought off by China, are effectively in bed with China. So we have uh, a real problem in this country addressing the threat that comes from China, because China, quite frankly, has been so effective at elite capture, at a capturing mm -hmm. The elites who run the financial sector, who the elites in Washington, D.C., who write our laws. I'll tell you why Timu, going back to where we started, is, is, is so successful in the United States. It's because a couple of years ago, as we all know, President Donald Trump put tar tariffs on Chinese-made goods. In order to help bring manufacturing back to the United States and to punish China for cheating on trade, for cheating on currency. What has the Democrat Party done to undermine the tariffs? Well, uh, President Biden has not formally stopped the tariff regime because that would be a public acknowledgement, basically, that he was working not just for the interests of America, but for the interests of China. So he's not done away with the tariffs. But what the Democrats have done is this. They have exempted all shipments from China worth less than $800 from inspection and from tariffs. So all these packages coming from China, and there are millions of packages each year that are worth $100 or $200 or $300, guess what? They're all exempted from the tariffs. So you see what they, they, they did. They didn't dare do away with Trump's tariffs because that would be an admission that they were working not for the interests of the United States and the American people, but for the wrong side. So what they did was they created a huge loophole, a loophole through which Alibaba and Timu and Shine and all of the other apps that ship goods directly from China can drive um, their uh, a truck through, can ship billions of dollars in cheap goods to America bypassing the tariff regime. Hello, friends. To celebrate the momentous overturning of Roe v. Wade, we at LifeSite have minted just under 10,000 of these brand new limited edition pro-life silver rounds. Now, each round is stamped with the image of the Supreme Court of the United States featuring the date that the High Court delivered this historic victory. And on the front of our pure silver rounds, LifeSite's logo surrounded by a brilliant sunburst and draped with olive branches. They, of course, commemorate our 25-year anniversary of LifeSite News. We began in 1997 in September, so September of 2022 was 25 years. These one ounce silver rounds are available from our partners at stjosephspartners.com, where you can fulfill all of your silver and gold needs in this perilous time. May God bless you. Steve, last question for you. If someone were to say to you, come on, China's really going to try and depopulate the earth. They're willing to to employ viruses and 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 things like that on the on the world population really how would you respond i i would respond that they need to read a book uh, that was published in 1999 written by two senior colonels in the people's liberation army called unrestricted warfare and unrestricted warfare is a book about exactly what the title suggests and that is that, that the Chinese Communist Party 
is determined to use any and all means at its disposal to enhance its power and control outside, not just inside of China, you see, but outside of China uh, to encompass the entire world. And unrestricted warfare includes biological warfare. Remember, we have just seen in the release of the coronavirus deliberately on the world by the Chinese Communist Party leadership, one example of biological warfare. But that's not the only one. There were, in 1958, 1967, and 2002, viruses that arose naturally in China that China allowed to escape outside of its borders. So coronavirus is not just the first time that the Chinese Communist Party has allowed a virus or promoted a virus or, or deliberately spread a virus around the world. They did it with the Asian flu in 58. They did it with the Hong Kong flu in 67. They did it with coronavirus 1, SARS-1 virus in 2002. Now, all of those were true zoonoses. They came from nature, not from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But the pattern is the same. They deliberately released a virus on the world. Um, so if they could do it once in the lab, um, I believe they would do it again, um, perhaps more effectively uh, the second time around. Uh, whatever advances, you know, Lenin said that whatever advances the revolution is ethical. The Chinese Communist Party and its leadership, and I just spent months in the mind of the evil genius Mao Zedong, he also believes that whatever advances the power and control of the Chinese Communist Party is ethical. This is war without restrictions. This is unrestricted warfare. And however evil this may sound to Americans, and it is truly evil, it's truly diabolical. The devil can't create anything. He can only destroy. Remember that the communism is the biggest engine of destruction that has ever been visited upon the world. And uh, it is a an ideology that has its own uh, catechism, it has its own rituals, and it has its own goals. And its goal is power and control uh, of all the kingdoms of the world. And uh, China now, through the Chinese Communist Party, is one of the vehicles I believe that the evil one is using to accomplish that end, his end of destruction and control. Wow. Steve Mosher, boy, you you have certainly given us a lot to chew on. Um, we look forward to your new book. Uh, when's that coming out? Uh, that'll be out by the end of the year. Excellent. And where can people find all of your other books um, and uh, keep in touch with what you're doing? Well, I'm the president, as you said, of the Population Research Institute. Our website is pop.org, P-O-P.org, and uh, you can order my books uh, uh, from me directly there or, uh, of course, at your local bookstore. And uh, I'm also a proud uh, uh, contributor to, uh, to LifeSite News, so I'm happy that, that we're able to work together in that way and, and get your very important messages out. Amen to that. Steve Mosher, thank you so much for joining us. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, John Henry. And God bless all of you. 
and we'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.